Good afternoon, Kokomo Huddle. How y'all doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me here today. Uh, what a what an honor and a blessing it's been, and to God be the glory. And uh, so thankful for uh, the brothers that uh, prayed for me uh, uh, this afternoon here at the in the chapel and lifted me up uh, to the Lord Almighty as I uh, bring forth His word here. And you know, um, <laughs> before I get started, I don't know about y'all. I mean, this is this is definitely March Madness. Absolutely, <laughs> all the madness that's happened throughout this uh, this month in the NCAA. And uh, you know, I I don't know about y'all, but uh, I have a a preference for our uh, 2022 champions to be uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, the reason being is that Mike Shashevsky was a graduate assistant when I was a, a freshman at IU. And uh, so I, I know Mike, and uh, want, I'd like to see him go out in a blaze of glory uh, the way he came in. And uh, so that's my preferences. I don't know what y'all's preferences are, but uh, uh, I got that out of the way. All right. I love seeing all the Indiana red and white and, and all in here. Thank you all so much for honoring me and all. And uh, I understand that we've got uh, a few Purdue fans in here. <laughs> I, I know one. <laughs> How many Purdue fans we got in here? Uh, <laughs> well, that's great. No, I tell you what, uh, uh, Matt Painter is a great friend of mine, and, and uh, I'm a, a Matt Painter fan. I've been a Purdue fan. Once, once I use out of it, uh, uh, I want Purdue to win. You know, I have a, a, a special liking uh, for Purdue because when I was being recruited, I happened to be, uh, I grew up in the uh, farming community, showed dairy cattle and what have you. So uh, I was thinking seriously about pursuing an agricultural degree. And then, of course, in my recruiting and all, I got an opportunity. I chose four schools to visit in, in this order. Uh, Notre Dame, because I was Catholic growing up. Uh, number two visit was at Purdue. Three was Indiana, and four was Kentucky. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I tell you what, uh, my my visit to uh, Kentucky, yeah, Co- Coach Joby Hall was the coach there. I don't know if y'all remember him, but uh, Kentucky fans are are absolutely fabulous and. Uh, got to know a lot of the players, and uh, we have a mutual admiration and respect. And uh, one one day of, of my visit, we went to Keeneland Racetrack, and uh, this is this is kind of funny. Here I am, an 18 year old. I'm with all these uh, college guys that are, are are really good basketball players, and so we're sitting in one section uh, watching the horse races. I'd never been to a horse race before. But, uh, and my father was with a distinguished alum from Kentucky. And uh, the guys decided, let's go get some concessions. So we get up, go, go to the concessions. Well, back then you had to go uh, past the betting windows in order to get to the concessions. And of course, there was all kinds of people around the, the, uh, the betting windows there. And uh, so as they're walking me through there, I'm getting people shaking my hand and everything. <coughs> One guy came up. He, he shook my hand, and my, I got big hands, okay? Uh, he put a fistful of $100 bills in my, my hand and said, Congratulations, son. 
I said, for what? He said, you won. I said, I won what? He said, your horse won. I said, I didn't bet. He said, that's okay, we bet it for you. <laughs> so, that, that's just the only part of the story. Okay? Uh, and so my, my last couple of hours there uh, was with Coach Joby Hall, and he was, he was just grinning from ear to ear because he knew I had a great visit. No, none of the other schools treated me that way. And, uh, and so uh, he said, well, son, he said, uh, you ready to sign your letter to come to Kentucky? I said, mm, you know. He said, well, you want to play in the NBA, don't you? I said, yes, sir, I do. He says, well, son, we, we have the most uh, NBA players come out of Kentucky, uh, ABA and NBA, uh, than anybody else. And I said, yeah, yes, sir, I understand that. And he said, well, sir, son, if you really want to put, play in the NBA, you need to come to Kentucky. And I said, and I'm an 18-year-old, okay, and I don't, and God, God helped me on this one because it, it wasn't from my own thinking that I said this. But I said, Coach Hall, I said, I, I had the absolute fabulous time. I appreciate the hospitality and everything, the way you treated me and my father. Thank you so much. I said, but the way I see things is that if I, uh, if I come to Kentucky, that means I'd have to take a cut and pay to, to turn pro, and I don't think I'm willing to do that. <laughs> Joby Hall was absolutely speechless. <laughs> so was I after that. I couldn't believe it was an 18-year-old I said that. But, you know, we're so blessed to have such, uh, such great universities uh, throughout the country, but especially here in Indiana. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I talk about Purdue. It was one of the places that I visited. When I, when I visited uh, schools, I, I always went to the arenas to sit in different seats and what have you to see uh, what my, my family and my parents and my friends were going to see when I was playing. And have you all been in Mackey Arena? Absolutely the best place to play a game of basketball, but even better to watch a game of basketball. And the reason why is they don't have any national championship banners to block out. How many golfers we got in here? How many golfers we got in here? All right. Well, uh, I, Matt, Matt Painter is a good friend of mine. He was telling me that uh, he and Gene Katie, when they play golf, they only play 14 holes. They can't find the final four. <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> Enough for the kidding around, okay? And that's in, in, in good, good spirited, hearted uh, friendship of all the Purdue fans. And I'm not let, leaving out any of the other schools here in Indiana. We really, truly are blessed with great institutions. And <clears throat> bear with me here. <clears throat> How many of y'all believe that the Word of God is the, is the inerrant, infallible Word of God? Y'all believe that? Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And do you know that IU is the only university ever talked about in the Bible? 
you Bible scholars, how about it? You all know? <laughs> you knew that? Okay. Here it is. In, 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 in the King James, John 20, verse 21 says this. I'm going to have to get my glasses. <laughs> I want to make sure you all know that I'm reading from the Word. Okay? This isn't something I made up. Okay. Somebody made this podium too low. It says this, Peace be unto you. As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Now you know the rest of the story. Okay? So it wasn't Notre Dame, it wasn't Purdue, it wasn't Kentucky, it was IU. For the Bible tells me so. Okay? Wow. Well, thank you again for this opportunity. I'm so blessed to, to be able to share some thoughts that have helped me along my way. Uh, one, most importantly, I'm, of course, there's tremendous scriptures throughout the Bible here I could share with you all and love uh, the fact that you all are talking about faith and, and what have you but my faith journey uh, started when I understood what uh, Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says this whatever thy hand finds to do do it with all thy might whatever thy hand finds to do do it with all thy might you know, there are some additional scriptures that block, back that up. And uh, I don't know if I can read this or not. I'm going to have to bend over to, to read it. Look, do you mind if I sit down? Okay. That puts me closer. <laughs> okay. Uh, the scriptures that uh, give reference to... Uh, doing our very best, to be the very best that we can possibly be, is uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 31. And, and there, here's what it says there. 1031. Whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Alright. A couple other scriptures. Colossians. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, backs that up again says this, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Verse 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my scripture that I'm going to reference here today is backed up by those scriptures. And that is Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Okay? Whatever thy hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. And so, what we're talking about here is excellence. That's what God wants from us. Right. You know, God, did, He made us in His image and His likeness. He didn't make junk. He made us in His image and His likeness. And everything about Him is excellent. Yes. And if He made us in His image and His likeness... What does he expect from us? Excellence. Right. Okay? Excellence. Whatever thy hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. What is excellence? Excellence is being the very best that you can be in everything that you do, in every way that you do it, no matter what it is that you do. 
I'll repeat that. Excellence is being the very best that you can be in everything that you do, everything that you say, no matter what it is you do, okay? And when I, when I realized that as an eighth grader, I was an eighth grader once, okay? And I don't know, I don't know if the kids today have study halls or not, but uh, I had a study hall when I was in school. And study hall was what? For studying. That's to get your homework done and everything so you didn't have to do it when you got home. Well, that wasn't necessarily the case with me. But anyway, um, so I'm sitting in uh, eighth grade in study hall, and uh, the study hall monitor happened to be the high school trainer by the name of James Pink Worthington. And his specific responsibility, besides being, you know, looking over all the other students, was but to watch over Kent Benson to make sure that he got his work done and got his grades. Because I had a tendency to not to do the best that I could do, put forth that effort. Any of you besides me, all right? If you don't shake your head or raise your hand, you're lying, okay? We're all that way. We, we all tend to uh, take the, what we think is the easy route. So. Anyway, uh, Pink would check on me all the time. And then one day, uh, I'm sitting there, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think I'm the only one that ever doodled. Anybody else ever doodled when you were in school and, you know, you were bored with what was going on? The teacher wasn't teaching you anything that you didn't already know. Uh, but I was that way. So I was doodling, and I drew a picture, and I drew a, I was daydreaming, and, and I, I drew a picture of a basketball player with number one in Indiana across the top of it. And uh, Pink comes by and he, he, he looks over my shoulder and he walks a little ways and he turns around and comes back and he looks at it again and he pulls up the chair next to me. He says, what is this? What are you doing? I said, I'm studying. <laughs> he picked up the paper and looked at it and he says, what are you studying? I, studied, I said, I'm studying my future. He says, what do you mean? He says, what is this anyway? He said, I said, Pink, that is me when I'm a senior in high school. I'm going to be Mr. Basketball. I didn't say it in a cocky or arrogant way. I just, you know, I was daydreaming. I had, that was one of my dreams and goals in life was to be Mr. Basketball. And uh, Pink looked at me and he said, son, he said, do you realize what it's going to take to be the best player in the state of Indiana, Mr. Basketball. I said, yeah, i got to play a lot of basketball. i got to work hard. got to get my grades. You know, I <laughs> snuck that in there because I knew what he was there and what he was fishing for. And so uh, he said, yeah, that's, that's good. He said, but let me share something with you here. And Pink shared with me the four Ds, all right? I've since added two more but uh, the four D's that, that Pink shared with me. And he talked about excellence and having not only the, the faith and belief in myself, but the faith and belief in God and applying myself to the standard of excellence, okay? So the first D is desire. The second one is determination. The third is dedication. The fourth is discipline. I added two more direction and decision and so when you look at what excellence is all about 
in order to strive for excellence, first of all, you have to have that desire. And each and every one of us, when we're born into this world, we have a desire to be the best that we can be. We want to be the best. We want to be the best at, at riding bicycles or shooting basketball or, or shooting guns or, or, or whatever it may be, okay? We have that desire, playing cards, uh, whatever it is. That's that, that human nature, that desire, that want to be uh, the best. But that alone is not going to get you there, he said. You've got the, the, the want, the desire. He said, but you've got to do it more than that. He says, you've you got to have some determination. You've got to be determined to do, watch this, you have to be determined to do the things that it takes to be successful. All right. You have to be determined to do the things that it takes to be successful. And he went down the list of things that he thought that I needed to do. And I was in agreement with that. He said, son, do you understand that desire and determination are important in order for you to strive to be the best that you can possibly be? I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, but there's another one, another D, and that's dedication. Dedication. He says, you've got to be willing to dedicate yourself on and off the court. In the classroom, out of the classroom. In church, out of church. In town, out of town. No matter what, you have to be dedicated to being the very best that you can possibly be. But dedication is another word for sacrifice. You've got to be willing, not only uh, having that de determination to do the things that it takes to be successful, you have to actually do the things that it takes to be successful. You know, when you talk about, and he brought this up, he says, when you, when you talk about sacrificing, uh, there's, there's only one person that ever sacrificed the most of it, anybody ever, and that was, that was God sacrificing his son, Jesus Christ, on the, on the cross. And I said, I understand that. You see, growing up Catholic, I, I knew who God was, and I knew, knew who Jesus was, but I didn't have a personal relationship with him. And so, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm advancing and I'm going to come back, okay? Uh, I, I advanced myself now to, as a sophomore in high school, I'm one of five athletes get, uh, that get a scholarship to attend uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes National Conference. Well, I was excited because there's no way I could afford it, uh, to go to this conference. And as, as I was there through the, the week and all, I, I actually went there not for the fellowship part, not for the Christian part. I went there for the athletic part. Growing up in Newcastle, there wasn't a whole lot of <laughs> real athletes that I could associate with, especially uh, college and professional athletes. And so as I was, uh, as I was at this, this national conference, some of y'all are old enough to remember a guy by the name of Bob Vogel. Played for the Baltimore Colts. Anybody remember him? Okay. Mountain of a man. I think he was about six, seven, six, eight, and 300 plus pounds. And he was our speaker. And he got up and talked about uh, his faith, his testimony. And my mom, I don't know if any of y'all have had this, but my mom used to preach to me. Anybody have your mom preach to you? <laughs> well, my mom preached to me, and of course I let it go in one ear and out the other. And she kept preaching, and I kept letting it go in one ear and out the other until that Thursday at the uh, 
Fellowship of Christian Athletes National Conference, Bob Vogel got up in, about, in front of about 1,500 of us, of us athletes. And I know that he had talked to my mom before <laughs> he got up there and talked because he was talking directly at me. All those things that mom was talking about, you know, uh, desire, determination, dedication, discipline, direction, dis decision, uh, about being a good Christian example in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 16, talks about that. So, now, reversing back to my 8th grade year at the, in the study hall. So, the dedication and the sacrifice that, that Pink said that I needed to do should be to try to, to do the things that Christ wants me to do. To be the best that, that I could possibly be. And he referenced Ecclesiastes 9.10. Now this is in public school, so you know he just, he just referenced it. He didn't have a Bible with him, but he referenced it. Whatever thy hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. And it, you know, that, that five minutes, six minutes there that, that, that Pink was, was talking to me, I began to understand that I had to be willing to, to sacrifice some things like some of my buddies that like to drink and smoke and, and, and break rules, you know, uh, training rules. Number one, I was afraid to do that for fear of what my dad would do to me. Um, and, and I was afraid to, to get in trouble at school because if I got in trouble at school, man, when I came home, uh, I don't know about y'all, but I got it even worse. So I learned real quick about dedication and sacrificing uh, to do the right thing. And so uh, desire, determination, dedication. And last, he said, you have to be disciplined. And I said, Dad does that all the time. What do you mean i got to be disciplined? <laughs> disciplined by who? He said, no, the self-discipline. Not, not the discipline that if you do something wrong, you're gonna, you know, they're going to take your, your uh, let's see, back then we didn't have cell phones, so you'd be grounded. <laughs> you'd have to clean up your room, all those things. Uh, but uh, discipline, the self-discipline that comes from within. And that is where you actually go from determination of being willing to do the things that it takes to be successful to actually disciplining yourself to do those things that it takes to be successful. And, and I said, okay, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, you, you talked about the importance of uh, that you're going to work hard and you're going to play basketball and, and, and work on your game. And I, I said, yeah. He, he said, but it's going to take more than that. He says, you've got to spend every waking hour that you possibly can thinking of basketball and being on the basketball court. And he said, I'm talking about 8, 10, 12 hours a day uh, on the basketball court. He said, are you willing to do that? I said, well, I've got chores and I've got my, my, my schoolwork that I had to do. But if you're willing to do that and discipline yourself to do the things that it takes to be successful, you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to with the help of God guiding and directing you. I said, okay. I said, uh, the discipline that, that, that we're talking about here is, is one where, how many of y'all know John Wooden? You know the, the great name, Purdue guy, played, played at Purdue, great, uh, incredible winning record at uh, UCLA, what, 10 national championships and what have you. 
Um, his definition of success is this. Success is the peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you've done your best to become the best you're capable of becoming. And when he shared that with me, he said, I'm not talking about lip service that you've been giving me here today, agreeing with what I've been talking about. He said, you have to be willing to do those things that it takes to be successful. And not only do those things, but do them at a level of excellence, not perfection. Hey, we all, we're all human, we're all error, we all fail. And, and I'm going to continue to fail. But what I do is I strive for success, to be the best that I can possibly be. This may sound a little arrogant to you and uh, until you understand what I have to say, but I never lose. I never lose. I either win or I learn. All right. I either win or I lose. I, I'm going to continue to fail. All right, And we all are, especially if we're attempting to accomplish the things that God has laid on our heart and that we use our talents and abilities and opportunities and situations that God puts in front of us. Okay? We're going to fail. But the only time you lose is once you fail, you don't learn from it and make the corrections for growth. Okay? So yes, I never lose. I either win or I learn. And keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that you're going to fail. It's inevitable, all right? In something or something, some way, shape, or form, you're going to fail. But learn from it. And when you learn from it, you don't lose. You're, you become a winner. So, desire, determination, dedication, discipline, all right? And the fifth D is direction. And, and I could just hear Pink, although he was, he's since been been with the Lord uh, for many years, uh, I know that the direction that he's talking about is more than direction from a coach or for me to be teachable from, from what a coach has to say or a, a professor or what have you. Or, but <laughs> is he talking to me? <laughs> Uh, now I lost where I was at. I got to start all over again. <laughs> Having deja vu and amnesia all at the same time. <laughs> uh, but direction. And I can just hear Pink talking about the best direction that you can get is from the Word of God. If you'll read and study and put yourself into His Word and apply yourself you will have the best direction that you can ever have. The best coaching, the best teaching that you can ever have. And then, of course, I know that the need for, for coaches and mentors and what have you is, is so important because, you know, they, they assume a virtue for us. You know, a virtue of they believe in us when we don't believe in ourselves. And they believe in us long enough until which time we start believing in ourselves and can pass it on. So desire, determination, dedication, discipline, direction, and, and last but not least, of course, is the decision. Decision to take all those other five Ds and apply them to whatever it is that we do. 
whether it be on or off the court, in business, out of business, at home, in our relationships, in our relationship with, with Jesus Christ. You know, God wants, uh, wants the very best for us. If we keep sabotaging ourselves, we're not going to have the things that he promises here. He promises these things to his kids, his children, those who have accepted him as, as, as Lord and, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Decision, decision, decision to be the very best that you can possibly be in everything that you do in every way that you do it, no matter what it is. Strive for excellence. Strive for excellence. And in doing so, you're going to be able to touch the lives of, of many, many, many people. Um, I, I referenced when I was a sophomore in high school being shared 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 16. And uh, I want to share that, that with you because it talks about being a good Christian example. And, well, I had it marked. <laughs> Too far. There it is. Okay. First, Tim- First Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 16. says this. And this is an awesome responsibility that we, each and every one of us here in this room, have today. All right? No matter what our age is, no matter what our occupation is, no matter. As Christians, we have an awesome responsibility to be a good Christian example. Here's what it says. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 16. Let no man despise your youth, but set an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Till I come, attend, uh, attend to the reading, to the exhortation, and to doctrine. Neglect not, well watch this, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate on these things and give yourself wholly or totally to them that thy profiting may be seen by all. Okay? Now watch this. Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine. Continue in them, for in so doing you shall save both yourself and those who hear you. I am so thankful and so blessed. I had people in my life that took an interest in me and helped lead me and guide me in the way that I should go and shared with me the importance of using my God-given talents, abilities, opportunities, and situations to bring honor and glory to Him. And one of, one of my favorite sayings and of uh, uh, my two favorite sayings is, to God be the glory. All right? And then when people ask me, how you doing? Anybody? I mean, people ask you that all the time. How do, how do you answer them? How do you answer them? Oh, good. Fair, fair to Midland. It's your world. I'm just passing through. I mean, how many times y'all heard those things, all right? Well, you want to you get somebody's attention. And, and yeah, blessed was, was one of them. But, but here's what I, what I started using. I moved from just blessed to this. I'm blessed of God and highly favored. And when people hear that, you know, I, I've seen people go, wow. It, 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 it makes them begin to think, you know, what's he so blessed and highly favored for? Well, the fact that I'm on this side of the green grass, for one thing. 
and what he's the awesome responsibility that he has placed uh, on my life to glorify him in everything that I do and every way that I do it. Am I going to fail at my attempts? Yes. Are you going to fail in your attempts? Yes. But make the corrections and be an awesome example to those who are coming up before. You all know what sad shape our world is in. And it's because we don't have men and women like us here today, enough men and women. And, and then for those that are coming up behind us, that will take our places. That's scary because this entitlement mentality, I don't know about y'all, but that, that scares me. It scares me for my, my grandkids and my great-grandkids, what they're going to have to put up with. But if we, if we root them and ground them on the Word of God and, and get them to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, I feel much better about that. How about you? How about y'all? And... To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Um, before closing, I, I, I'd like to share with you. Um, this was in the locker room at Indiana University when I visited the very first time back in 1972. It was an unofficial visit, but um, Coach Knight had this up on the on the wall in the locker room, and it's called the Indiana Image, and. Uh, <clears throat> I want to share it with you because uh, I think it speaks volumes. There are little eyes upon you and are watching night and day. There are little ears that quickly take in every word you say. There are little hands all eager to do anything you'll do. And a little person who's dreaming of the day they'll be like you. You're their little person's idol. You're the wisest of the wise. In their little mind about you, no suspicions ever rise. They believe in you devoutly, holds to all you say and do. They will say and do in your way when they're a grown-up like you. There's a wide-eyed little person who believes you're always right. And their little ears are always open and are watching day and night. You are setting an example every day in all you do for the little person who's waiting to grow up to be like you. I don't know where Coach and I got that, but I'm glad he did because it really puts into perspective everything that I, I, I've been talking about here and the awesome responsibility that we have. And I want to challenge each and every one of you here today to he to to the words that God has laid on my heart here about striving for excellence, about being the very best that you can be. Use your God-given talents, abilities, opportunities, and situations not to glorify man, but to glorify God. One thing I, I want to share with you. After a, attending a fellowship of Christian athletes and accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior that, that Thursday night, <clears throat> I didn't, the earth didn't shake, I didn't levitate, <laughs> lights didn't flicker, there wasn't a thunder or anything like that.
But I felt a tremendous cleansing and peace come over me. And I continually say, I'm in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because I trust thee. And it's my prayer that each and every one of you can say the same thing and have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him, Stan, and there's, there's people here, ministers, that will help, help you make that decision. So, in closing, let me just ask you to bow your heads, if you would. And then uh, I'll be happy to answer some questions, but if you'd pray with me. Father God, I just come to you now. Thank you and praising you for this beautiful day and everything in it. Thank you for these folks here gathered here today, Lord. Thank you for the the leadership, the the Christian men and women that are uh, doing all to glorify you, that they're using their God-given talents and abilities and opportunities and situations to set a great Christian example to those who are are looking up to them. Father God, I ask you to, to bless each and every one of them. Bless their Bless their families, bless their finances, bless their health, bless their businesses, bless their jobs, bless their relationships, bless their marriages. Father God, bless them going out and coming in. Father God, as they continue to strive for excellence in following your word and and whatever their hand finds to do, that they do it with all their might to bring honor and glory to you, Lord. I just thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Okay. Any, that was, Stan, where'd you go? Where's he at? He's in the back. Oh, he's in the back. Oh, there you are. Okay. Who was the greatest the greatest player I ever played against in high school, college, or pro? All three. All three? Okay. Uh, for a brief time, he only played one year as a kid from, from Kokomo, Tim Cisneros. You know, y'all remember him? Great player. I had, I had the uh, – <laughs> he only played one year is what I understand. And he was a senior and I was a junior. And throughout my – high school, I have to say that Tim Cisneros was the toughest one I had to play against in high school. Uh, college, wow. Our second team. <laughs> Our second team because, you know, uh, playing against them, there were times that we would get, uh, I mean, they would beat us. They, they would beat us and uh, and, of course, uh, that allowed Coach Knight to use some even more bombastic <laughs> bombastic phrases and what have you. He didn't throw a chair, but he threw water bottles and basketballs and stuff like that. So if you see me twitching once in a while, I'm dodging those water bottles and basketballs. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the NBA, I would have to say that uh, Akeem Olajuwon was probably the toughest player, and, and I'm not I'm not diminishing you know Larry Bird or, or, or Kareem or any of those guys, but to actually physically play play against and have to guard night in and night out was uh, Akeem Olajuwon. 
And uh, I, I, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player that's played the game is Oscar Robertson. Okay, if, if you'll, you can go to the, the you know, Indiana High School Basketball Hall of Fame in Newcastle and look at Oscar's record, or you can pull it up on, on, uh, on Google there. But Oscar was just incredible. I mean, he, he, he averaged like a triple-double for his, almost his entire career. And for somebody to do that, no matter uh, when they played, is a, a tremendous accomplishment and a feat. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. Yes, sir. You've been talking to Coach Knight? <laughs> because Coach Knight's wrong. Well, you know, we just talked. Did you miss my message here? We talked about excellence, okay? And so help me, help me understand how 31 and 1 is better than 32 and 32 and 0. Actually, excuse me, it's 33 and 0. They, don't, they didn't count the Russians game. And do you know that when we played, we didn't play Sister Mary the Blind in the high school and what have you at the beginning of the season. In 76, we started out with the, with what? We started out with the, the, the Russians, the world champions. And the second game was against the national champions, UCLA. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know who put that in your head. But 32 and 0 is better than 31 and 1. Do I have an amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in, in all honesty, um, 75 was probably better than 76 overall if, if Scott May had been healthy. Okay? Uh, we were deeper and, and with, with Green and Laskowski and Offeld and Kamstra and, and, um, and Doug Allen. Those guys uh, uh, provided great leadership and all, but uh, 32 and 0 is better than 32, uh, 31 and 1. Was there one reason that you chose IU over the other three schools? One outstanding reason. The Bible tells me so. <laughs> Just go to John 20, 21, the King James version. You all agreed that this was the inerrant, infallible Word of God. No, but uh, uh, I love the players. Um, let, me, let me be real quick here. How are we on time, Stan? Okay. okay. All right. Uh, when I visited Notre Dame, all right, they, I loved Digger. Everybody loved Digger. He was a great coach. Um, I didn't fit in with the players. They're, most of the players were from the East, and they're a whole different breed than the, the Midwest players. Okay, nothing against that. It just, it just wasn't, wasn't for me. Uh, I could have played for Digger, uh, but not with those guys. Uh, uh, when I visited Purdue, I loved the guys. We played in the summers, and, and I'm still good friends with a lot of the Purdue guys, all right? And, and I saw myself being able to fit in to the Purdue team with the guys that were on it. The guy that kept me from going to Purdue was a guy by the name of Fred Schaus, okay? And, uh, you know, Fred came from uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, and I just didn't think that he had the, the, the wherewithal and the mentality to coach uh, at the college level with the talent that he had, okay? 
in Kentucky. Uh, I, I'm still great friends with a lot of the Kentucky players and, and what have you. Enjoyed them and all. But I, I just couldn't see myself going to Kentucky. When I, when I attended Indiana University, I fell in love with the players. Um, it was a, a, a great location for as far as my parents and family. Um, living in Indiana, of course, uh, uh, the majority of, of fans in Indiana are Indiana fans. And uh, I, just, I just felt very, very comfortable and knew I made the right decision. I knew it was going to be tough with Coach Knight. Um, and here's the thing, you know, there's, there's been several players that left under Coach Knight. And their excuse was, well, I didn't expect it to be that hard, or, or he was going to be that, that mean, or, or whatever it is that was their excuse. Well, that, that, that's a blatant lie, okay? Because when you visit Indiana University, the players are going to tell you how Coach Knight is, okay? Uh, the assistant coaches are going to tell you how Coach Knight is. Coach Knight is going to tell you how Coach Knight <laughs> is and is going to be, all right? So there's no gray area there. There's no, well, I, I didn't expect that. You know going in going, uh, that, that, that how tough it was going to be. And if I had it to do all over again, uh, I'd go back and play for Coach Knight if I had the same players to play with, okay? Uh, and that's a factor. And if I had a son and I don't, I've got four daughters, uh, you know what they say, don't you? They say great athletes don't make boys, and that just confirmed my athletic prowess. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, uh, I would go back and play uh, for Coach Knight, and uh, I would have my, my son play uh, for Coach Knight with the understanding that Coach Knight is going to demand excellence, not perfection, excellence, okay, to be the very best. And he knows what your potential is, and he will do whatever he has to do to get you to play to your potential. And you know what he did is he prepared me for life after basketball. The challenges and situations that I've had to face. And uh, to God be the glory that I had a strong faith when when he came to me and said that that uh, because I was president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, uh, he came at me as a sophomore and said uh, you know you need, to, you need to quit that FCA thing and, and focus uh, on your your, your uh, studies and, and basketball. And I said, no, coach. I said, I, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing, and nobody's going to change me from, from that. I said, and, and I'm going to become an academic All-American, and, and I'll prove it to you that my, my faith and my relationship with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is not going to uh, hinder my performance in the classroom or on the basketball court and I'll prove to you what I'm saying. I ended up being a, a two-time academic All-American. I graduated in four years. That's another thing, okay? <laughs> you got me started on this. <laughs> I don't understand this fifth-year senior bit and this transfer portal stuff. Okay, now I understand, I understand COVID, the, the COVID year, but I don't understand that other stuff. I mean, can you make sense of it? You, you who are coaches and understand basketball, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yes, sir. I went to a school with uh, Landon Turner in Indianapolis at yes. Tech High School. Yes, sir. And, of course, he played for Bob Knight and so forth. Do you have any, any contact with him or anything like that? Do you know him? Yeah, I, I know Landon. Uh, Landon and I uh, 
Landon loves to hunt and fish. Okay, we have a lot in common there, and, and uh, we've had, last time I talked to Landon has been uh, a couple of years ago, but we've had communications, and, and uh, we have a, a great relationship. Great guy, and, you know, it's such, such a tragedy uh, to happen to such a great athlete, but, uh, you know, uh, he, he is, uh, I believe he's a Christian as well. Yeah. I guess uh, Stan's saying, is this the end? <laughs>